0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Jake Martin over here certainly did. Mine went bad. It was good. Good weekend. All right, you shouldn't have started this, uh, Jay. <laughs> this MJ-LeBron deal. It always gets so, people talking. Bob in. Oh. MJ didn't have to play the Pels. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at the Pels. Um, Randy says, are you kidding? They actually played defense in MJ's day.
2: So I think it's two ways you can look at it. MJ, here we go. Somebody's calling in and talk about it. Let me just have this point real quick. I think it was tougher to get to the finals back when MJ played because there were more better teams. But I don't think any team was as dominant as the Warriors. I don't think any team had the starting lineup of the Golden State Warriors.
1: Don't put that in one of your leads. More better teams. <laughs>
2: Did I say that? Yes. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs>
1: uh, Marcel joins us on the Stuart Shelby Highline. What up, bud? What's going on?
2: Good morning, guys. Appreciate you
3: taking the call. I'm not even going to get in that debate. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, I do have something, though, as y'all sure you remember, I'm the voice of Jackson Fair Sports here. Yeah. I called last week considering the exploits of one of our track athletes, Capricia Coward, that goes the Hodge about winning four yeah. regional titles. I got a question for you.
1: I got a question for
3: you. Huh?
1: How'd she do at state?
3: She won four times. Four individual state championships, including breaking the Class A triple jump by over a foot. Mm. Incredible. I was going to ask you, I mean, I know, Aaron, you've done this a long time in the area. Have you ever heard of anybody winning four state championships before? I have not. I, I, I went back over the weekend. I'm the historian for Jackson Parish Sports. First time in the history of our parish we've ever done it. I went back, even thinking of. I keep records of all around North Louisiana too. I, I couldn't find any. Uh, I think it's the first time ever that, that uh, especially since 1960s, uh, that there's been a state champ. There's been a, a single person win four individual state championships in one in one year. Now that gives her six in two years. Uh, she also has two, two second place finishes that she did last year. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Uh, this is a girl that also was all district in basketball. Uh, just just an incredible athlete. No indication on where she's signing yet. Uh, she's about like a 3.7 average, so certainly she's going to be recruited everywhere mm-hmm. going through. But when that comes, we'll certainly bring y'all in the new on that. Uh, also, got another question. What's, do, you, what, do you have any idea of who uh, would be the youngest player ever to score points at a state track
1: meet? Uh, I'm sure there's probably been a seventh grader or so that has done it. I remember OCS used to have a long-distance runner, and she was really, really good. And uh, she started yeah. like when she was a seventh or eighth grader.
3: The okay. reason I'm saying is that little Selene uh, down here, about 20 miles south of Jonesboro, uh, had an eighth-grade girl, Georgia Robinson, uh, that finished fourth in the in the 100 meters, which is really incredible to me that somebody that young can do a, uh, an event that requires that much discipline uh, that, that came in fourth. If she would have ran her best time that she turned in this year, she would have come in second. But uh, we'll give a shout-out to her for fourth place for an eighth-grader, especially in the hurdles, I think is really incredible, too.
1: Marcel, we appreciate the, the history lesson. And, of course, I'll be down there sometime this week, and we'll certainly have a story on the track star from Jonesboro Hodge.
3: That's awesome, man. I really appreciate it, man. I tell you, uh, we try to we try to send out as much information as we can on that. But uh, you guys are, the, are really the only ones uh, that seem to pay attention. And, and I know everybody in the parish and the town really
1: appreciate you. Thank you, bud. Thanks for the call. Thanks. If you got a call or text, 888-993-7762. we got a number of them here.
2: As dominant as Mondo. Uh, we got some text. Uh, Sam says, yes, there very much was a team as dominant as the Warriors. They were called the Bulls. Just like the Warriors can't play themselves, the Bulls can't either. Hmm. Which, I mean, yeah. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we're in the era of super teams. Now here
1: goes the millennial. He's starting to backpedal.
2: I'm not that okay. I'm st- I'm adding to my point. Okay. We're in the era of super teams. There There were a lot of great teams back then, but you're in the era of super teams where these all-stars get together, you know, like LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, and I know they won a championship, but it didn't exactly work out how most envision. I'm just saying you've got more teams, more super teams in this yeah. era. So I think it's, yes, it's easier to go further because of that but i think it's e- it's it's more difficult to win a finals
1: and i feel bad we're going to have a, a track state championship uh, recap probably tomorrow we just have to go through all the different yeah. events and how everybody did i know cedar creek did finish and congratulations to haynesville as they won a overall team championship well done
2: well done indeed
1: uh we do look at the boys uh baseball state championships and what we have left now with the uh, six teams from uh this area going for titles this week should be a heck of a weekend or a heck of a week down in Sulphur.
2: Yeah, so if you want to look at this, the different storylines and just kind of retread on what took place this weekend. I think you have to
1: start with West Washington. It's a talking point that we've had for quite some time now with Mitch Thomas and the Chiefs, the depth of their pitching staff and, of course, the ability to throw out three starting pitchers. We loved our visit with uh, Coach Thomas on uh, Friday when he talked about they were going down basically the end of the world to square off against South Lafouche. We asked directions how to get there. He said you hit south till you hit some water. And uh, he mentioned they didn't exactly roll out the red carpet for him down there.
2: No, Um, and and he felt that in game one because there were quite – he said that uh, it it felt like they started drinking early in the morning and just all showed up. They probably did. Yeah. Um,
1: And then they get off to – well, West Washtag gets off to a rough start. They drop game one of this series, and what he's been telling us all year is the depth of their pitching staff will certainly pay big dividends in the postseason, especially when you play a three-game series.
2: Yeah, so they they go with Thomas Wilhite, the LSU uh, commit in game two. And it was one of those situations where the first inning the bases were loaded and Wilhite got a strikeout to end the inning where they didn't give up a run. And And I got to watch a little bit of that before I went to the Sterlington game. And you saw Wilhite and the team come off the field and Mitch was leading the charge, meeting them. I mean, Mitch was fired up. It was fun to see, and then the whole dugout was fired up. And I think and I asked uh, Coach Thomas about that, and he said that really let everybody sit back and go, "Okay, we're going to be okay." And he he also told me that an umpire came up to him after uh, the series and said, "Coach, you know we ha- y'all are the deepest uh, team we've seen on the mound all year." He said, "You know, you got Luke Conicut in Game One, who's a Tech signee." He was a very good arm. Then you had Wilhite, who was another good arm, and then you had Peyton Parker in game three, who could be a lot of people's number one. And that's really what ultimately, you know, paved the way. And, and he also said that and at South of for that second day for that doubleheader, half the people showed up that were there that Friday. And he said West Washington. Maybe Washten- they were hungover. Maybe, but he said West Washington fans were actually more vocal on that second day. Mm -hmm. So West Wastel traveled well, and and that paid
1: off. Uh, Now they get the number five seed, Benton. Number nine seed. Number nine seed. They're actually an upset.
2: And Benton's a really good team. We've we've seen Benton a good bit this year just in this area. A lot of our local teams have played Benton, and Benton is solid. So that's going to be a heck of a game.
1: Uh, Sterlington, game one postponed because of the weather conditions on Friday. Kind of messed up uh, Mark Sims Kentucky Derby plans, but they do take care of business on Saturday. As they win both of those games,
2: yeah. So the streak of pa- the Panthers not having to use their bullpen continues. Both Trey Rugg and um, Adam Tubbs were able to get the complete game victories. You know, they they won eleven to one, and then in the second game, it was a lot more dramatic. Um, Erath scored a couple runs late in that game. They actually got cut it to one heading into the seventh, and then Jarrett McDonald came up to bat in his final at bat uh, at Sterlington High School, hits a home run. And it gives them some insurance runs, and and Sterlington pulls it off.
1: Not many holes or weaknesses on this Panthers roster. No,
2: it's like, uh, you know, you you watch Sterlington, and and I actually was sitting with the Erath people um, this weekend. I I was getting to hear. Trader. Yeah. Well, there was was the only place you could sit. (laughs) (laughs) The press box was so full I had to sit out in the crowd. But uh, anyway, um, I got to hear them comment about the game Uh and about what, they thought of Sterlington, and it looked like a sure hit through the middle, and somebody was going, Gapper, yeah. and here comes Carson Clowers, it just snags the ball and throws it back over to first, and the guy was just stunned. He couldn't believe that they made that play. And, it, you know, Sterlington made those plays throughout the day and then the lineup it put so much pressure on, on pitching staffs. So I mean, it, it's just a really complete team.
1: So that fan base left Sterlington basically saying, well, we did lose to the state champions.
2: You think so? Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what they were probably thinking. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I would be stunned if they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put that jinx on Sterlitz. Sterlitz and people like, shut up. Stop talking about that. But Mm -hmm. uh, they are the team to beat, no doubt.
1: If they win back-to-back state championships and do that after moving up from 2A.
2: Impressive. Yeah.
1: The Delta Charter fresh off that win over LaSalle is a number one seed. Delta Charter number nine. They move on. They'll score off against Kentwood. Shooter, how about the Aggies? Seems like they're always in sulfur. They do it again. They're the number four seed. They'll now have to take down the top seed, Oak Hill. Summerfield is the number three seed. They advance on to the state semifinals. OCS, they're back in sulfur. It got a little dicey for them also as they drop game one and they come storming back to win the two other games, and they do it in convincing fashion. They will now take on Ascension Catholic down there in Sulphur. And Claiborne Christian is a number three seed. They're still alive and well. They will score off against Northside Christian on Wednesday at noon.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: OCS, the fact that uh, they certainly had their backs against the wall. And what, this was a second time, second you year in a second row in where a they row. drop the first game and then come back to win. In the quarterfinals.
2: Yeah, second time in the quarterfinals. This, uh, this was the case where, I said earlier, the fact that they strand so many runs in that Thursday game, they stranded 16 runners. And that's just not – we're not used to seeing that from OCS. And OCS took advantage of opportunities in this game. And they actually won that second game by a by 10-run rule. So, yeah, they're heading back to, to state, and it's going to be tough for any team to slow down that offense.
1: Sam, throwing some uh, shade over here to the ring cleaner. So when Barkley joined the Suns, who had previously been at Western Conference semifinals, that wasn't making a super team. Drexler to the Rockets, question mark. Quit being a prisoner of the moment, young whippersnapper.
2: Four all-stars on one team. That's all I'm saying. Four all-stars on one team. Shane C. says, I've been an MJ fan and always considered him the best, but the only argument now is MJ Never lost in the finals and has more rings, but LeBron is leading in every other area now. LeBron is definitely, he said, the more better player, more complete of a player. I've started a trend. Do not not say more better. (laughs) (laughs) That was a slip-up by yours truly.
1: It will be better. We'll hopefully be more better coming up in the next segment. You can can weigh in at 888-993-7762. We're back after this.
4: We're talking with Matt Livengood, General Manager at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. You know, Matt, people probably have asked you, what's so special about Calvert Crossing?
5: Well, the difference is our daily focus is on grass and it's on people. So what that brings to you is unsurpassed customer service and superior golf course conditions. And May is the final month of our spring membership drive. You can make Calvert Crossing your home club at 75% off initiation and your first month's dues are free. Come enjoy the private club experience without the private club cost. Stop by and we will give you a tour of our first class facilities. Calvert Crossing is located on Hodge Watson Road in Calhoun.
4: National Jewelry sends congratulations out to all of the area grads. If you have a gift list to fill for those grads, bring him in to National Jewelry for great ideas. For the guys, bring in his Yeti cup. They'll engrave it. Monogram flashlights, keychains, and money clips, and an awesome selection of watches. Plenty of engravable gift ideas to personalize your grad gift. Gift wrapping is free. Visit National Jewelry, your diamond and engagement ring store, Reynolds Drive, in Ruston.
5: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the
7: office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
5: Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
1: Welcome back to the show. Sam continues to come strong at Jake over here. Says, okay, Kevin Johnson, Danny Manning, Dan Marley, Charles Barkley, four All Stars. Barkley MVP. Next excuse. Oh, he does mention though five All Stars. Throws in uh, Cedric Sabalas, Five All Stars.
2: Um. Uh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hold on. I'm. I'm just doing something else. Um. Uh, okay. In regards to super teams, the super teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, are we really comparing those four to Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green? Are we? Are
1: we? Are we, Sam? 888
2: <laughs> right. Now, uh, what I was looking up. Yeah. After a big baseball weekend, yeah. LSU's moved up to 49 in the RPI.
1: So the tone changes after a nice series win against Arkansas.
2: It's a little less. Um, Dicey? Yeah. I, I think you probably still need to win the Auburn series. But I think they're good to get in now.
1: I, I don't. They can't. Do you ever think they're, I mean, literally, LSU, were they going to keep them out of the tournament? I don't know, man. It was close.
2: I know what you're saying, like the draw and the appeal, yeah, yeah. but still, you, you got to still have a resume. Mm. If, they, if they continue to lose series, how could you justify it? Mm. You know what I mean? They didn't have a, this was their one big.
1: They would keep Kansas out of the NCAA basketball tournament?
2: Well, if Kansas didn't have any big conference wins, mm. I mean, this was LSU's first big conference win. Seriously, look at the schedule, man. I mean, that that's it's true. Mm. So they needed this, and I think I think they're good now, is what I'm saying. Um, but still, yeah. it's still still pretty close. Yeah,
1: and we're still talking about just getting into the tournament. That's not what LSU ba- baseball strives for. No, it's not. No. I mean, it's a completely different conversation than we've had in years past.
2: Yeah, it is, and, you know, they still had to, it was still dicey, the fact that they almost gave up the game two, and then yesterday, Matthew Beck was great, that was, that was so good to see, because the bullpen has been atrocious for this team, and for him to come in and really hammer, and Devin Fontenot was really good in game two as well, so, Two really big outings out of the bullpen, something that we really hadn't seen.
1: All and year. it was Matthew Beck on the mound who, against, what, Tulane with the uh, bases uh, loaded walk. And we were wondering how he was going to ever come back from that.
2: Yeah. And so if you look at the RPI, you look further down, Louisiana Tech now at 62. Yeah. It's going to be tough. And, and you've got the Southern Miss series coming uh, Southern Miss, by the way, I'm looking for them on this
1: Southern list. Southern Miss is on a, a major tear right now. I think they've won 13 in the last 15, and they, they rarely ever get beat at home. 20 and 5 on the year. We look forward to catching up with Lane Burroughs for his weekly visit tomorrow.
2: Yeah, so Southern Miss is at 34 right now on the, in, in the RPI. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, some big series coming. Um, you got a couple teams battling for postseason spots.
1: You look at Louisiana Tech, a real head-scratcher, probably not the fact that they lost a series and the, the, only the second series they've lost the entire year, but the way that they lost it, and, of course, with the pitching staff, the starting pitching at that faltering in this three-game series.
2: Yeah, and it was, again, I, I'm going to reference <laughs> what Coach Burrow said after the game, the fact that he, he thought it was just a lethargic outing from the pitching staff this weekend. And we, we've talked, you know, when, are the, when is David Liao going to go to the weekend rotation? And sure enough, he did because it was an extreme circumstance where they didn't have a, a midweek game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just too much time off. He looked really good in the, the first three innings, and then it just kind of unraveled on him. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it might be one of those things, something that, you know, Coach Burroughs and the coaching staff feared for a while as well if we change it up on him. He'll get out of that rhythm, and you don't know how he'll react to that. So maybe we, we can maybe put an asterisk next to this and say, you know, let's see what he does in a, in a week's time. But, uh, yeah, didn't exactly go as as many would have hoped. Yeah,
1: rough go at it from Miller-Robbins and Liel. The three starters, none of them lasted more than a four and a third innings. They gave up 16 runs in 11 and one-third innings of work. We're talking about a team overall came in with the, the fifth-best ERA in the country. And, of course, they run into that offense from Middle Tennessee. Rough. Uh, The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us coming up in the next segment. Of course, the Warhawks with a huge series where they get their first conference sweep since 2014. In fact, I think that's their first sweep since uh, Bruce Petty in his first uh, conference series. Uh, overall as the wow. ULM head coach. So that's going back quite a ways.
2: Hey, by the way, what did we ever make of uh, Petty coming, coming uh, on the show? We're still working on it. So. Okay, so we are going to try yeah, to We're do still this. taking
1: feedback. Is it worth having Coach Petty on one year after his uh, uh, epic uh,
2: when appearance? Is the, when is uh, the anniversary? It'll be the last
1: series, uh, the, the Thursday right before it. The Thursday right before it. Yeah. So it'll be right before uh, ULL, the Cajuns here in a couple of weeks.
2: Uh, That'll be Perfect.
1: Nice. You're all for it. I kind of have uh, <laughs> some reservations. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> and we haven't even asked him yet if he'd be up for uh, it, which I think he probably would be.
2: Oh, well, why wouldn't he, be? <laughs> yes. Why
1: wouldn't he be? But is that fair to the ULM baseball program now?
2: No. See, well,
1: you just said no.
2: Well, it's not really about that. It's more. It's not really about ULM. I don't think. I think it's more about just him talking about that epic rant. Uh,
1: AJ says, don't dig up graves. <laughs> Leave Petty <laughs> alone. <laughs> uh, Maybe we get him on and just talk about the Buffalo Bills.
2: Okay, that'll be. everybody wants to hear that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Nobody <laughs> circles the wagons.
1: The, the, the two Buffalo Bill fans in the uh, area. Yeah. Besides Kyle Williams' family.
2: They do have some sweet uh, uniforms, I will say that.
1: Uh, Shane C. wants to know, how many times did MJ lose in the first round? The answer is three. LeBron never lost in the first round. Uh,
2: we we stirred the pot. And by the way, I want to make it clear. I wasn't saying LeBron is better. I just was bringing up the fact that I do think it's tougher to win a finals today. I don't think. I think it's. E- I thought it was easier to get to a finals. Sorry, I messed that up. I think it's making it a strong case here. I think it's this is easier. more better. Yeah, I think it's easier to get to a finals today. Than it was back then, yeah. but I think it's harder to win a finals, right. win a final series. Hmm. That's all I was saying. Yeah. I wasn't saying one was better than the other.
1: So you you take MJ over LeBron? I
2: too. don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, you can make an argument for both.
1: But you were in diapers when MJ was tearing it up.
2: Sure, but I know what he's accomplished. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know he was a killer on the court. Um, and that's, you know, for that reason I would probably still go with MJ. But if you're building a team – LeBron gives you so many different things. That's why I think it's tough. That's why I I don't think it's like, oh. But if you're building
1: a team, you would take Ben Simmons as number one.
2: No. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) Give me somebody who can shoot. I think that's uh, important as we're learning in the series.
1: 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White joins us.
0: Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010, and has made Iron Cactus into a one of a kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, You'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus Fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desirard Street Monroe and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun.
5: When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty they even offer towing service autoplex automotive 1515 cypress street west monroe when your car's sick call 855-4483 now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive this hour is sponsored by car king and monroe a one pitch Here's a high fly ball into left field going back on his Jake Corso. He's at the warning track. He's at the wall, and this one is gone. A two-run shot for Gino Marucci, the hit machine, with a two-run bomb, his first of the season, and the Warhawks have tied it at two. How about that? It
7: just
1: keeps coming, folks. Oh, it does keep coming. That is the voice of Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks. He now joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline.
7: What up, Nick? Good morning, gentlemen. Aaron, how are
1: you? Uh, oh, man. going there. You <laughs> didn't catch that, Jake. He said, gentlemen, and then how are you, Aaron? He's referencing uh, you perhaps, a gentleman. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, truthfully, you just uh, like to say Gino Mar- Marucci, don't you? So whenever he does something well, like really nice. Is,
7: is that not a great name? I mean, yes. for wow, baseball, too. What a name. What a name! You've got to Uh, say his name uh,
1: over over the last uh, week and a half a couple times as he's been tearing it up.
7: What an unbelievable story! I mean, goodness, can you can you? I mean, this this kid has come out of nowhere, and and, you know, Coach Fed has talked about it, you know, quite a bit. You know, everywhere he's been, you know, end of the year, you know, injuries happen, and. You know, different things happen, and, and you got to call on somebody that maybe, you know, hasn't been, been used um, for whatever reason. And, um, you know, this uh, kid has taken advantage of his opportunities. I mean, think about this. Had there not been an injury to Evian Benjamin, he would not have even been on the trip to Coastal Carolina last weekend. He, he wasn't mm-hmm. even traveling. And so Benjamin got hurt. Um, so he was on the trip, had to, you whenever know, to Francis got hurt last Sunday at Coastal, uh, he had to come in and, um, he hasn't looked back and, uh, you know, it's a good problem for Coach Bed to have right now. I mean, he's swinging the hot stick and, you know, you can't mess, mess up with a good thing. And, uh, he provided the spark yesterday and, and really, you know, all weekend, uh, you know, the, you just come to expect it now whenever he comes to the plate over the last uh, week. He's just been Mr. Clutch and, uh you know, he got that, that two run shot yesterday, whenever it seemed like, uh, Georgia State was going to come out and with a bad taste in their mouth after a bad Saturday and, and kind of got two early runs on the Warhawks. Their pitcher kind of looked like he was, he was settling in and getting into his zone. And there's Geno, uh, just coming up with the, with the shot. So, uh, you know, what, what a, what a great, uh, week for that young man. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Coach Bed is hoping that that will continue for him and, and for his baseball team as they make a push to try to get into the conference tournament.
1: Uh, everybody can go back and say, oh, we saw this coming, the fact that they would uh, get a sweep in the conference play considering what they did offensively in that last game versus Coastal Carolina then against Grambling. Uh, is that fair that some perhaps saw, well, perhaps this offense is starting to come to life? Uh,
7: I didn't see it coming. I'll be, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. And Here's why. I mean, their Friday night guy is is one of the best in the league. I mean, he had wins over Hunter Gaddis. This is what we're talking about now. He ended up pitching obviously Saturday because Friday got rained out. But I mean, he, he has wins over. I mean, go, go look at the standings right now. He's got wins over Coastal Carolina, ULL, and, and South Alabama. Um, I mean, he's got he had a 2.77 ERA. And after the Warhawks got done with him, I think his ERA is, is got shot up to about 3.5. Uh, they roughed him up for 11 hits. And he only went four innings. Um, he gave up. The, he that was the most hits uh, he had given up in an outing uh, this year. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, and so they they got after him early and and really it set the tone for the entire weekend. Uh, Georgia State kind of kind of self destructed after that. They they kind of came in there with their guy. Uh, they had a half-game lead over the Warhawks going into the weekend. They had their stud pitcher, and uh, credit to, to Coach Bed and, and you know the, that group of guys. They, they came out there, and they punched Georgia State in the mouth and, and punched their stud pitcher in the mouth, really. And uh, they set the tone. And then um, you know, they, they really self-destructed on, on Saturday. Uh, their head coach, uh, Coach Brady, got into it uh, in the ninth inning with the home plate umpire, Scott Chester. Uh, that boiled over into the, uh, the second game of the doubleheader. Coach Brady uh, got ejected uh, by Chester, who then was at third base. Uh, they had a player. They got ejected uh, after they were mouthing off uh, in the dugout. Uh, that player then charged at the umpire. Uh, they were fighting amongst themselves in the dugout. Uh, I mean, they, whenever I say they self-destructed, they self-destructed. They were arguing with the umpires all night long and uh you know credit to coach fed his his team kept their cool uh the entire weekend and uh you know they're certainly the the better coach team and uh and that showed all weekend long and uh how they they continued even whenever Georgia state closed the gap yesterday made it five to four uh the warhawks found a way to scratch across four runs uh stretch that thing out and uh and and come away with a sweep their first sweep in over four years i mean that (laughs) how crazy is that at first Sunbelt sweep in over four years I mean that I was looking that up yesterday morning I was just sitting there like I know it's been a while but just how long has it been and um I kept going back and kept going back and I was like good night really this far back and I had to double check it and I said wow 2014 it's been that long since they have uh they swept the Sun Belt series. So. Uh, he didn't want to know it. Coach Fed didn't want to know it uh, before the game, but uh, I made sure to let him know as soon as he got up there uh, for his post game uh, interview that uh, how long it had been, and he had a big smile on his face. So uh, uh, great weekend. Now they got to go and, and back it up, and uh, after after a week off, and get set for a really good Troy team coming in this weekend.
1: Nick, how many double headers have they now played for the year? Seven,
7: seven, and uh, four four inside the conference. It's. it's uh, uh three of their four home uh sunbelt series have had a doubleheader. it's really been unfortunate and uh, you know you had spectacular weather uh yesterday but uh yeah it's just been, been one of those one of those years and uh hopefully the weatherman will be kind this weekend and uh they can get you know the regular uh three game series in and uh and, and have a have a normal normal weekend for once but uh they are well versed in the doubleheader, and look, you know that can uh, maybe that can come into play. Uh, when and if they get to the conference tournament, uh, they can be set up and and ready to go and uh, be prepared for it whenever the time comes.
1: All right, uh, we mentioned this uh, opportunity with uh, seven straight games at home. Boy, they've taken care of business so far as they are four and zero. And the beauty of the schedule: three more at home coming up against Troy, and no midweek game this week. So more of an opportunity to kind of get refreshed and now refocused on the Trojans this weekend
7: yeah it's finals week and so um they'll have some time off to, to get all that taken care of and that's, that's usually you know how, how your schedule gets set up whenever you have final exams and usually don't play a play a game during, during exam week if at all possible and and it did set up nicely to where they're actually at home. So uh, I love the way this schedule set up for the month of May. My wife loves it as well because I'm actually at home for uh, the majority of it. So uh, it's been tremendous and, uh, you know, no better time than now to try to get refreshed and, uh, you know, once again try to make a charge. Uh, they helped themselves out and they needed the help because, uh, and that's what coaches have said. You know, they don't want to depend on anybody else to, to help them, uh, get into the tournament, which is was their, their number one stated goal this season, was to get in there. Um, and they've still got work to do, no, no doubt about it, but they certainly helped themselves out because uh, you know Appalachian State, they went on the road this weekend and not only just won a series, they went swept. So uh, they're, they're in the hunt now to try to make some noise late. Arkansas State won another series this weekend, but now you have a two and a half game uh, edge uh, for The nine seed actually have a two-game edge over Arkansas State plus the tiebreaker for the nine seed and a a two-and-a-half-game edge over uh, Georgia State and three games up on Appalachian State with six to play. So uh, they've helped their cause. They need some more wins. But uh, right now they're just going to enjoy a a great weekend sweep over Georgia State.
1: Uh, Coastal Carolina and the Cajuns this weekend. How did that one turn out with the series? I'm just curious.
7: Actually, the Cajuns won the series. Um, they, they, they took the first two ball games. uh, Coastal uh, punched them up pretty good yesterday. Uh, but I was kind of surprised by that, but, uh, you know, the, the Cajuns started off slow, but, uh, they're starting to come around like they always seem to do, uh, each and every year. And, uh, you know, watch out for them because they're hosting the tournament. So, uh, I would not sleep on, on that baseball team. That's for sure. Uh, and I'll obviously see them next week. Uh, uh, heading down there to the, uh, newly renovated, uh, Tickmore field. So, um, they like they pitch, um, uh, and they're starting to come around with their bats. Also, they're a half game out of first place in the West right now. Uh, and of course the, uh, the winner of the West, um, uh, really the only thing, people are confused about the divisions. The only thing the divisions matter is for the one and the two seed. After that, everybody comes together as far as the seeding goes. So, um, that's really the only thing that, that matters as far as the divisions go. So uh, there's some confusion amongst people. Well, they the last-place team of each division. No, you, you can have all six teams from one division go to the tournament and four from another. So, um, but, uh, you know, the Cajuns win the West, they'll be the two-seed. And uh, obviously, uh, no matter what, they're going to have uh, certainly a home-field home advantage uh, throughout that tournament.
1: All right, Nick. Finally, we need a cowboy update. Uh, what do you now that Jason Witten has moved on in the course of continuing his broadcasting career? Uh, who's going to be catching balls next year for the Cowboys?
7: I was uh, whenever I heard whenever I heard them say that um, Cole Beasley was might be like the main target. Uh, yes, that's oh, a number a one. Right there. The day.
6: Yes.
7: Oh man, I I, I don't know, guys. Um, <clears throat> they. I hope hope they hope Rico gathers can can, can be as good as they think he's going to be. I guess that's that's where you got to look at. And um, was Rico
1: gathers ever activated last year?
7: No, he got hurt in the preseason, and they just they just kept him uh, on the protected um, you know pup list. So they paid him all year to protect him, uh, so that nobody else could pick him up. They think highly of him, but um, you know he really hasn't even. Uh, he's now two years in, in with the team. Uh, he, he hasn't even been—I don't think—he's even suited up for for a regular season game yet. So, nice. um, hopefully, he can pick up the slack. Um, uh, I watched that that entire press conference though, and Roy uh, well, Jerry Jones knows how to uh, how to throw a celebration for a guy. But uh, once again, what would you just, do with a diamond uh,
1: football? What would you do with a diamond football?
7: I, I would put it up somewhere where Brian and Micah couldn't touch it. Uh, that was that was my first thought. Whenever I saw that thing, I was like, "Those kids are like, who? How can I get my hands on that?" And that was my first thought. Is I would make sure my two sons could never touch that thing because uh, uh, I, I could just envision uh, seeing that thing thrown around the backyard and like,
6: "No, no, what are you doing?"
7: Or uh, you know, <laughs> that, that was my first thought. Uh, I imagine that was more for uh, Mrs. Witten than, uh, than for Jason. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Jerry knows how to uh, how to send somebody out in style, but uh, certainly well worth it. I mean, and, uh, you know, we'll see uh, how he does in the Monday Night booth. I heard something out Did y'all see Booger is doing something? I yeah. heard the tail end of that. What, what is he doing? Did I miss that? He
1: will be a, a field analyst. He will join oh, okay. Lisa Salters on the uh, sidelines for Monday Night Football.
7: Okay, interesting. And he's still going to do his uh, college football duties as well? Allegedly, yes. Wow. Oh, wow. He's going to be a busy man this fall. Hope hope they're paying him well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, Finally, I want to get your take on this because I saw you retweet it and you were impressed. Uh, The guys that do uh, horse racing, it always comes back to horse racing, you know with me. Uh, Larry Comas said how great he is. How difficult of a task do you think that would be in the broadcasting
7: booth? Oh, I – wouldn't even—I wouldn't even know how to do it. I mean, uh, bat and hockey. I mean, I, I can't. And just to see how they do. I mean, I, I don't even know what this thing was. It, I can't. Even, you know, I just saw it. Uh, I guess they, they had a video camera of the guy who, who called it. And I guess is that the call that went on NBC? Is yes. that? Is that? Yes. What, you tell me, Aaron. I, I didn't get to yes. watch it, but it is. Um, so he had something that hung around his neck, Let's but, help but like it on happens. his.
1: Those are binoculars.
7: Well, no, he had the binoculars, but you know what I'm talking about. It was almost like a chart that was yeah. kind of hanging around, but kind of, uh, it, it kind of stood outwards kind of below his chest a little bit. And so I guess he was able to look down at his chart as well. Um, but he's basically calling it through binoculars. Now, I've called a football game through binoculars at, at the Superdome, uh, state championship game for Union, because you have to, because uh, it's so high up there, but, uh, and that's very difficult to do. Um, but it's just that, and to know all their names and uh, that was impressive. Uh, that and hockey, uh, that, that, those are those, those guys are, are beyond uh, beyond my skill set, beyond the skill set of uh, most uh, most broadcasters that are out there. That that is just remarkable. So uh, I was very very impressed.
1: All right, Nick. Uh, Hawk talk later today.
7: Yeah, eleven o'clock. Uh, we'll be out at Portico on Tower Drive in Monroe. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. Uh, uh, a local, uh, local, former local uh, stud, I believe, uh, I'm sure he was an Aaron Vase. I don't know if he was a multiple-time Aaron Vase, but uh, Will Daniels uh, will be joining me today. Uh, Spencer Hemphill will also be coming out there. A couple of local uh, products. I might even let Spencer interview Will today. Nice. So. Uh, might be some, uh, some fun times. I'll make sure they keep it clean. they got to understand the FCC violations that could be there. But uh, we're going to have some fun there today. A couple of seniors that uh, I'm telling you, I'm really happy to see uh, those two guys, uh, you know, enjoy a little bit of success right now uh, for this baseball team, and, and hopefully they can keep it up. So uh, 11 a.m. we'll have the show uh, here on 97.7. Thank
1: you, Nick. Appreciate the time. All right, guys. Thanks. Rico Gathers, the future.
2: Yeah, look, Cowboys fans are high on him, man. I'm
1: sure, but not to replace a uh, future Hall of Famer, right?
2: I I agree, but I'm just saying they they feel pretty confident yeah. that he's going to
1: be the man. He was a beast in high school on the basketball court. God, yeah, he was fun to watch. Well, what in the world? 888-993-7762. Let's take a break. The morning drive and our parting shots coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for.
5: Friday night,
4: the Peach Radio will rock the railroad 6 to 8 p.m. with a free concert. We're going to rock this town, rock it inside out. Hey,
6: y'all, my name's Judge McGee,
4: and I'm back with a brand new song. Bring the whole family out for a Unity in the Community concert from Judge and the Jury. Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m., Rustin will be rocking with a Peach listener appreciation Unity in the Community free concert featuring Judge and the Jury. Beverages for purchase provided by Ponchatoulas to include beer, wine, and grown up peach iced tea. Come show up and show out. North, south, east, west. Unity in the community. Nothing but peach and love. Ain't no party like a peach party. Come on out and get your blues on with Judge and the Jury this Friday as the Peach Roxville Railroad.
5: The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Link. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Justify a two-length lead as they come to the final 16. Good Magic on the outside is second.
7: Audible third for the inside. Then it's Still Regard. They're coming to the wire. He's just awesome. Justify has won the Kentucky Derby. It was very close
4: for a second. Audible may have got there inside of Good Magic. Then it's Still Regard in a final time of two minutes four. Zero seconds. He's still undefeated.
1: Where was uh, Table Mania?
2: Where was Table Mania? That's a good question. <laughs> By the way, I had to roll my eyes as you were sitting there just mouthing the Justify
1: call. is going to win a Triple Crown. It's okay. going to happen. Okay. Are you going to watch the other two, the Belmont and the Preakness? I'll watch. If you're not working?
2: If they're, if he's going for a Triple Crown, I'll watch that. So,
1: Am I eventually going to wear you down where you could actually get involved?
2: No, or? you're pushing me further away.
1: Uh, even though I, maybe if I can set you up in terms of gambling, or maybe the, the, a story. Maybe the money I owe you the eleven ninety-nine. Why don't you put some money what, down? The eleven ninety-nine that I owe you for whatever those two bets. How about I put that down for you in the next you race?
2: You owe me two wing yeah, meals. $11.99, so that's yeah. more than eleven ninety-nine, yeah, brother. So.
1: I'll put that down in the next race. All How's right, that? will that work? That will work. All right,
2: I'm down for. I'm going to
1: get you involved somehow, some way, kicking and screaming. You're going to get into it.
2: I'm I I'd be down for that. Rick
1: Mocklin can't get you involved in it after hearing that on Friday.
2: Well, we like Rick, but uh, <laughs> I won't touch that. Hey, um, for my parting shot, right. Aaron.
1: Do you want to hear the sounder, or you just want to skip over it? The sounder. Our parting shots, sponsored by. No one.
5: Come after me! I'm a man. I'm forty.
3: I'd love to see some of you do a little bit of research, and I think I'll be able to find six bears.
0: There is no such thing as a flop. It takes a few for our football team,
3: and really do my heart good. The
7: morning drive takes its parting shots. All
1: right, I know you want to talk LeBron, so can I give you a worthless stat leading? Yeah, input? love worthless. So uh, stats. Brian Winhurst, how would you describe his role? He is opinion.
2: LeBron's go-to. If you want to know anything about LeBron, you go to Brian Winhurst.
1: right? How would you describe their relationship?
2: <sighs> really good.
1: What has it done for Brian Winhurst's career?
2: I mean, it's made him <laughs> – it's put him where he's at today.
1: He, he's got a face for TV, doesn't he? <laughs>
2: That's, come on, don't attack <laughs> Brian. You didn't have to go that far.
1: Uh, so you want to hear the most overrated stat of all time and how they came up with this. We need to do an I-team report. We love advanced stats. All right, so how has he been able to do it? Because how old is LeBron? He's got to be getting tired, right? Wearing down.
2: He's. I think he's 33.
1: So this story just came out on ESPN.com. He is resting while he's playing. During the regular season, LeBron's average speed during games <laughs>
2: Oh, come
1: on. Was 3.85 miles per hour, according to second-spectrum tracking data. Of all the players who averaged at least 20 minutes per game, that ranked him in the bottom 10 in speed.
2: Thanks, Aaron.
1: All right, that's correct. Uh, LeBron moves slower than just about any rotation player in the league. Since the playoffs started, LeBron has gotten even slower. His average speed during the game... Is 3.69 miles per hour.
2: Why? Why did you just read that? How
1: did they come up with this stuff?
2: I don't know. I hate it. He's loafing
1: stats. it. He's loafing it 80% of the time. People
2: break down too much now.
1: Oh, here's the explanation why James walks a lot. <laughs> All right. About 74.4% of LeBron's time on the court was spent walking. We don't care. What did MJ do? they That's what they should have done. Yeah. Compare, done the comparison. Compare
2: here. MJ, yeah. yeah. Good God. All How right. about that
1: stat? 74% of the time, LeBron has been walking.
2: That is something. Uh, In the
1: playoffs, he's walking even more. 78.7% of the time.
2: <laughs> Al, Al says, I'm actually dumber after hearing that stat. Thank you, Al.
1: I kind of enjoy it.
2: All right. Let's get to the real part and shot. Who's
1: that guy that's crunching these numbers?
2: So – SNL had Donald Glover on, one of the most talented people in the world. Um, He was the host of of Saturday Night Live, and they didn't have enough time to air this skit, but the skit has come out. uh, Or it's actually a short, not a skit. Anyway, this is uh, a skit about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the other Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.